0: I believe in a world where talents and purpose intersect to create careers we love. Each of us has a Venn diagram depicting what we're good at on one side and what we love to do on the other. Finding the place of overlap and aligning our lives to that sweet spot is the key to fully living. Welcome to the Becoming Congruent podcast, where we explore the profound power of our unique human experience through our guests' stories and lessons. We are your hosts, Melanie Hicks and Rachel Jones and we are excited to take this journey with you. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Becoming Congruent. Today, I am here with Ayana Leij. Ayana is a lifestyle blogger and freelance writer. She graduated from the University of Florida in 2015 with a Bachelor of Science in Journalism and worked in print journalism before pivoting to marketing. She writes about motherhood, mental health, social justice, and everyday life on her blog. Ayana lives in Tampa, Florida with her husband and daughter. All right. Welcome. We are so excited to have you today. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Awesome. Well, we have, um, we're in season two of this podcast. We're super excited about it. I say we, it's just Rachel today. So Melanie is on a flight home from New York which I'm super jealous about. Um, So it's just Rachel, but I say we just because we, it's us all the time. But um, so we have been doing this podcast for, you know, we're in our second season. Um, We really love learning about obviously each person's authentic story and how things have shifted and and you continue to grow. Um, And one of the things we like to kind of figure out is I feel like everyone has a Venn diagram. And you know, one side of the Venn diagram is all of your strengths and your talents. And then the other side is really what you love to do, right? And in an ideal world, we would have that perfect overlap of doing what I love to do and I'm amazing at it. And (laughs) we know that's not perfect, but we really love to kind of talk about people's story um, adjacent to that. So like, you know, how are you getting to that space? So First off, I would just love to ask you to tell you, tell us a little bit more about you and then we'll kind of get into, um, how you've continued to grow. Yeah, for sure.
1: So I am a, I feel like the title changes every time I say it because it's a little bit of everything, (laughs) but I am, I am a lifestyle blogger and freelance writer, um, and do random creative things that don't fall into those buckets as well. I have a podcast about dream jobs and career journeys. My background is journalism that I quickly realized out of college that that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, even though I, you know, just spent four years figuring out how to do it well. Um, so yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time working in public relations and marketing, um, before I decided to quit my job and, and kind of work for myself. I live in Tampa, Florida. I have a one-year-old and then I've, also coming up on six years of marriage. So I think that covers the basics. If there's anything else, let me know.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I, I know some of that, not because I'm a stalker or anything like that, but I do follow your social media. So that's actually how we got connected. And I will just say, I love, um, you know, when you describe yourself, a lot of people go straight to like the career part. And I, I love that you, I feel like you're such a, a beautiful mix of like your own self, your family self, your career, everything. Um, has that always been part of your story or has that shifted as you've you know gotten married and had a baby? What has that looked like for you?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. No, it's definitely not been part of my story and I still struggle with it. I think that I find a lot of value in my job and in being productive and working all the time even when I don't need to (laughs) um so you know I think that having a baby forced me to slow down a little bit just because I couldn't do it all anymore and I have kind of embraced the fact that like I am not just what I do for a living it helped actually like kind of ironically I got laid off unexpectedly from a job that I loved, um, about four years ago. And I think that that did kind of recenter me because I was like, okay, like who am I without this? Um, this was like, I loved the people. I loved the work. I saw myself advancing and being there forever. And then I was laid off in a like really, um, unintentionally cruel <laughs> way where I, I found out that I was going to be let go before, um, before it actually happened. And I, um, so that did help recenter me a little bit, but even then I still struggle because I do find a lot of value in like being successful career wise. Uh, so it's, it's been a journey for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I asked that just because I think we all struggle with that. I don't know if it's like burned into our brains as young kids, but it's like, I used to answer and it was whatever I was doing at the time. So I, I have an education background. So it was, I was a teacher or I'm the dean. And I don't know, you felt like you have that sense of pride, but it almost sometimes overshadows everything else that you are. So I think maybe with age, it's, you know, I'm, I'm definitely older than you, but <laughs> probably by a lot. Um, But I think just like, you know, burning out a little bit and just things that have happened in life, you just start to realize like, oh, you know, I I am that and I love those things, but I'm also Rachel and I love to do these other things. And so I love that, um, you know, you kind of embrace that and embody that. And it's just clear that it just in you know, your posts on social media, sometimes they're about your baby and sometimes they're about like real world issues. And I think that that's kind of what. I think for me, that draws me to you because you're just so relatable, but you can tell that you're also successful and, and passionate about about your work, so. Well, thank you, awesome. so nice of you. <laughs> so I'm a fellow uh, Tampa, I don't, what is the word? Is it Tampanian, is that a word? I think the
1: go-to is, is Tampanian. There's <laughs> no really like, the, there's no good option. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is really no good option, um, Tampanian. We're just gonna say we live in Tampa. Um, so for the other people that maybe don't live in Tampa, tell me a little bit about do, first of all, do you like Tampa? I guess I should ask. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good question I mean i
1: I like Tampa, I think because I've lived here for most of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know that I would pick Tampa, although plenty of my friends have if I was just looking at yeah. a list of cities, but um me and my husband pretty much uh, all of our family is here. Our friends, you know we've my husband moved here, his family moved here when he was two years old. My family moved to the area when I was four years old, so it's just like it's all we know um well we we briefly lived in South Florida, but um i do i do uh I do like Tampa um it's definitely grown on me. I think growing up, I couldn't wait to get away, but you know now I've made peace with uh with being here. What about you?
0: So I'm not originally from here. I'm from the Midwest, so I I grew up in Indiana, um, lived in pretty much the same area my whole life. It was like kind of the best of both worlds because I was in the Midwest, but we were like 45 minutes from Chicago. Um, So we kind of had the big city, but lived in the suburbs. Um, And then I moved down to Florida just by myself, right out of college. and have i lived in orlando for several years loved it at first and then as time went on didn't love it so much and looked at like moving out of the state and then um you know had some family in tampa moved over here and I actually really love it my husband and i um we have a house in tampa heights and just love the area so i don't know if it's like a forever forever city like potentially we we would move but um we love it and i asked just because i feel like you know people that live here love it, like love to do all of the local things. And I think we really, we really try to embrace that, you know, like I was asking him the other day, like, when was the last time we went to a chain restaurant? I mean, in other cities, it's just so common and here. We're like, well, there's something new opening, you know, every weekend. So we, we really try to like, you know, support local businesses and get into that. So that's why I asked. Um, do you have any, so looking at Tampa and like, and looking at what you do since you're so independent, do you have other businesses or other people that are kind of in your realm um, that you partner with or that you kind of support each other or are you really kind of like an independent um, person in, in in your work? Yeah, I think,
1: so my, my, what I do is kind of evolved um, over time. I used to do a lot more like. Um, Social media management for businesses and like actually like working with um, like social media consulting. I don't do as much of that these days, but I do think that Tampa has a really, um, really just strong book just creative community, um, both blogging yeah. and freelancing. So I do have a lot of people who I know who do very similar things. And so that has been really cool to like have the support of, of friends and to kind of make friends through, um, through, through what I do. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's, that's usually what it is more so working with, um, other, um, just kind of like one man shows rather than yeah. actual actual businesses. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can relate to that too. Melanie and I, um, are business partners and so, um, left the corporate setting and are doing some consulting and, um, and things on our own, but I feel like the same way, like we don't have other partners, but we have a lot of people that, you know, we lift them up and and they lift up us up. And it's, it's interesting. I don't know if it's just Tampa or just people in general, but, sometimes you would think like, okay, well, you know, another consulting firm wouldn't want to give us advice or support us, but it's really been the exact opposite. Um, You know, people are very gracious or have been very gracious and supportive. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, And we found that a lot of our, you know, local Tampa people are like, oh, that's cool. I do that too. Let me give you some advice or let me know more about that. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, So going back to what you said when you were kind of telling your bio, so I know that you said that you, you know, went to school for journalism and then very quickly realized like, yeah, this is maybe not what I want to do. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Because I feel like a lot of people maybe have the same thing happen and then don't really know how to get out of it either. <laughs> so tell me about that.
1: Yeah, funnily enough, um, I'm not trying to like shamelessly self-promote, but I feel like it's a, it ties in. That is the reason that I started my podcast, because I struggled with the idea of not following the path that I thought that I would follow which is so silly because it's like I feel like the people who are still doing what they thought they do when they were teenagers really lucked out um (laughs) most of the people I know are not on that path but yeah I am I studied print journalism at the University of Florida and my plan was to work at my hometown newspaper which is Tampa Bay Times for anyone listening who isn't local. And I um, I graduated college. I landed an internship that was, you know, supposed to lead to a job offer um, at the Times. And I I did enjoy it. I was doing breaking news and local government, but I also had like a deep kind of realization that it was unexpected that like, I don't think that I, I love it, but I once heard someone say like, you should only do this if you love journalism so much that you can't picture yourself doing anything else because the pay sucks it's like very emotionally taxing work you're dealing with like awful comments from people this was before the whole you know fake news enemy of the people thing so my friend's still in journalism it's so much worse now than it was in 2015 um when i when i started to think about leaving but i am I just realized, like, I think that I would rather make more money and have a less chaotic job. Um, but I struggled with that because I'd, I'd always wanted to work at a newspaper, win lots of awards and go to a bigger newspaper. And I also struggled because a lot of the people that I worked with, which was a huge compliment, but didn't think that I should leave. They They kind of didn't think that it was a good idea for me to kind of like go to the dark side of marketing and public relations um because I was good at it and so that was a struggle um I had the very like kind of convenient opportunity of my husband fiance at the time finding a job in Fort Lauderdale so you know a like four hours south of Tampa. So I I wasn't going to do long distance. I knew that I would be moving too. So I was, I was able to kind of leave and people kind of understood at that point. Um, But even with that, I struggled um, because I felt like I was doing really noble work. And then I went to a uh, public relations agency where it was, (laughs) you know, emailing journalists all day, bothering them, trying to like get Media mentions for our clients, so it, it definitely was a little bit of a shift.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, so as I said, I, I've been in education. Um, that's what I got my degree in, and feel like we have some parallels. I, um, you know, always knew I wanted to impact children, and you know, really make an impact there. And so, you know, went through four years of college, started out as a teacher. And while I loved it and I was good at it, it was one of those things where I was like quickly realizing, I I don't know if I want to be in the classroom, but then there's that guilt that goes with it where, you know, family members and and peers you work with are like, but you're so good at this. And if you leave, then these kids are not going to have you and all this stuff. But I was like, but what if I could impact more than 20 kids every year? You know? So it was like one of those things where you got to make the shift and- you know, it's hard, but you also are realistic about like, I, I do, I want to make more money. I want to like, see what else is out there and make a bigger impact. And I feel like sometimes like people get nervous for you because either they're like, well, but she's good and she's comfortable. Why would you want to do something else kind of thing? So I can, I can definitely relate to that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: do you feel like what what kind of, do you think that the move you said like really helped kind of justify that for you? Do you think if you wouldn't have moved, you maybe would have stayed a little bit longer or would you have made the jump? Yeah, you
1: know, I think that I, the move definitely hurried things along. I think I would have stayed at least another couple of years and I don't know that I would have regretted it. I okay. think that I just knew like, okay, this is not going to be my long-term, um, like I'm not going to be doing this 10 years from now. Um, so it definitely helped. I mean, it did add an element where a lot of people were, um, almost everyone was understanding like, okay, you got to do what you've got to do. Um, but I did have a couple of colleagues who were worried that I was like kind of sacrificing my dream for a man, which I, I get how that, you know, walking away from a, like a job that I wanted for years. To follow my husband, I, I get how um, how people would be confused or kind of worried. I mean, I also got married pretty young, so I think that added to it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that um, it wasn't the timing. I think that I would have chosen, but I don't. Um, I, I think it worked out. I don't really regret it.
0: Yeah, I thinking about that your path and, and really everyone's path. Because like you said, most people are not on that path they thought they would be on. Something has shifted along the way, if not many, many times. Um, I really wish in higher education, there was more of an emphasis on like, what are your strengths and skills? And let's look at all the paths and even paths that haven't been created yet. Because I feel like now looking back at, you know, the past 15 years of my career, there were so many skills that I didn't realize that I was carrying over to different roles. Right. And then you think, Oh, this is what I'm good at. <laughs> and I'm like 37 realizing like, Oh, I'm a people person or I, you know, you know, those right. things, but you, um, it's just always so tied to like this career or this path. So it's definitely interesting to hear how other people have navigated that too. That's, that's cool.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, um, As I had shared I I love your social media um, and I'm sure you know you being a journalist and a writer doesn't hurt. (laughs) You're really great at at curating your content. Um, What are some things like I know I think I started following you. It seems like I've been following you forever, but at the past like year and a half seems like it's been going on for 10 years. Um, what what are some of the things that you think um, kind of draw people to your page? And have you always had a large following? So I think I jumped in maybe when you already had a large following. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what what makes people follow me. I mean, I, I don't I'd like to think that i don't put a lot of effort into trying to be relatable or authentic and just yeah. kind of at one point i did but i kind of just share what i want to share and and you know um you know it's not like i have like a like just absolutely like wild um insane amount of followers but i do think that um that people maybe relate to that i think that a lot of quote unquote influencing is so aspirational Mm -hmm. and like, don't you wish you had my life? Um, Which I follow plenty of people who have glamorous lives. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, But I do think that people sometimes like want to follow bloggers who they feel like, okay, like I have a very similar lifestyle to this person. Um, So I don't know, maybe that plays a part. I have not always had the following that I have today I actually um last summer um had a few videos go viral about like the Black Lives Matter movement resurgence and um and police brutality and um systemic racism um so I gained a large chunk of my following then which was like very unexpected
0: Yeah. Can you, for anybody maybe who doesn't follow you yet, um, talk a little bit about that. So what kind of videos did you put out there? And then I know also you have, um, you know, you write articles still and blogs and things like that. Was it a mixture of that or was it like the videos that really drew people in, do you think? it was
1: it was definitely um I had so I made a video basically because in response to a DM that I got from someone basically saying like well why do I have to share so this was the week after um the murder of George Floyd Mm -hmm. um why do I have to share that I am uh, protesting or donating or having these hard conversations like why are all these people saying like you aren't doing anything because your social media feed is normal um and at first I was kind of annoyed because I mean truth be told I don't know that the it wasn't just one person but the messages that I got I don't think (laughs) those people were doing those things I think it was just a little bit like um reactionary to me saying like you should be sharing like well what if I'm doing it and you don't know about it but I, I did think you know there is an element of uh of maybe truth here that people feel like, okay, like, is it not performative for me to have to go on social media and say Black Lives Matter when I'm like living this out in my daily life? Um, so I made a video about why I felt like it was important to share. It wasn't like a well-produced, you know, um, <laughs> like highly curated, curated, edited thing. It was literally just like on my phone the audio goes in and out it if i'd known that it was going to be seen by a lot of people i definitely would have done it a, a little bit differently <laughs> but um so it got picked up by buzzfeed and cbs news and a couple of other outlets so that then spread kind of like wildfire um so i continued to talk about it um i talked about gosh it was like it's still sometimes um a blur i was also like seven months pregnant at the time so i feel like that whole period of life <laughs> i <laughs> out a little bit but you know I made videos about um my thoughts on blackout Tuesday you know the when everyone was posting right. black squares and there was this pushback about it being performative and virtue signaling um and then also just about like my experiences with racism in the Christian church um so yeah it just I think um I was maybe a little bit elated that people were like finally listening. So I yeah. <laughs> kind of just responded by sharing my thoughts on a range of topics um, over June and July 2020. Um, And yeah, it seemed to like resonate with people more than I expected.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, I think that's around the time that that I caught on and saw some of your content. And I think for me, for sure, um, that's why I, I love following you because I think like you are so authentic and real, and not that there's anything wrong with a produced video. I mean, I love content that's pretty and and you know nice to watch. But I think, like, had you known a lot of people would watch it, not that your not that your message would be different by any means, but you know, like, just not knowing that and just being 100% real and throwing it out there, I think that that's so brave. And you didn't know that that many people would see it, right? So I think the people that have continued to follow you. That's just you, you know? So when there is an issue, I know that I like to go to see like, well, what does she think? You know, because I respect your opinion and I think like you're a real person. You're not out there like pushing an agenda on one topic or like you're just here to share your story and your perspective. And I think people really respect that because it does come off as real because it is, right? So I think that's
1: cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. that's, That's so encouraging to hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, try to be very open about the fact that like I'm not a news source um right i'm very person, <laughs> and i don't hide that but I, I think that people um people seem to appreciate that as well i'm like i'm not the person to follow for right. like a very sanitized here are the facts like he, we don't slant one way or another like that's what your local newspaper you know um your your favorite you know tv news station like that's that's kind of their job okay. um so sometimes people are, I think, thrown off about that and, you know, well, why didn't you share this? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a, I'm, I'm just someone sharing my thoughts, <laughs> you know, no real agenda here or, you know, desire to be like someone's primary source of uh, of news. But yeah, it's been, it's been fun to see how, uh, how things have changed over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, that's, that is really cool. Do you um, so over the past like you know year year and a half since your following has continued to grow, um, has anything else changed? Like has you have you changed any of your like approach to content now that you know that you have more eyes on it? Do you take that opportunity to continue to share, you know about about Black Lives Matter or about you know any anything that's really passionate for you? Like do you take that opportunity?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that because I had so many people follow me and i think a lot of that was just like guilt or obligation because everyone was kind of saying like why don't you follow more black creators and educators and bloggers and activists so people were kind of in a frenzy the interesting thing is that um after i gave birth like obviously my focus was not anti-racism content or right these educational videos, like, I was was literally just, like, (laughs) trying to survive, and I lost a lot of followers, I lost, like, 5,000 followers in the months after giving birth, um, so I did have a moment where I kind of panicked, because this is a part of my livelihood, and say, like, should I, should I be sharing more, like, should I focus more of my content on, you know, anti-racism and politics, and then just, like, you know, keep my, um, my family content and, and my family just life on like my personal Instagram or on Facebook right. or on Twitter. And I just kind of had a moment where I was like, you know, I never, I never called myself an activist. I, I never would because. I'm not someone who is like doing the work and the research full time. I literally just like have shared kind of like, here's my take or or, here's my experience. Um, And so I kind of had to like come to terms with the fact that like people may not stick around for like my everyday life and that's okay. Um, But I do think that I try to, I try to be more conscious of sharing um, real world stuff and issues because I do have people who reach out and say I had no idea that this um was happening or that this was a thing until right. I saw your post or your story so, so I so I try to be conscious of that but I definitely am not um am not I I, I try not to be res- like totally like reactionary to the fact that I have right. um, more of an audience but it can be hard definitely can be hard
0: yeah so on a similar note, is there anything that you've ever like said or posted that you regretted? Um, cause I know, you know, social media is so hard. Like you, even just myself and I do not have a large following by any means, but just like you'll post a picture or post something. And then you're like, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have posted that. Like, have you ever had that? Or are you really just kind of like going with the flow and this is my life and <laughs> no regrets?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, um, Trying, i mean yeah i definitely have those moments i mean i can't think of anything in particular but i do think that there are times especially um you know because stories are so like off the cuff like you're not really putting a lot of thought into an instagram right. story um, and then i'll get a lot of feedback um and not be equipped to deal with it um you know there have been a couple of times that i've posted about world issues not not even like here are my thoughts but you know, trying to like amplify other voices and like really like hotly contested, um, things and gotten a lot of feedback from people who are kind of like, yeah, like you, um, you don't know what you're talking about basically. Um, and it's always people like, I get it from both sides. It's always been like the, the funny thing, like people who are saying, okay, like this account that you shared is way too biased toward this side, or this is like, you know, you should be sharing this. Um, and so I think that I'm kind of like, okay, like I'm going to try to like know my range and stick to things that like actually, um, that I feel like I have the depth to to understand or to amplify. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, I think that I, anytime that I share something and get a lot of pushback or response that I wasn't expecting, I, I do kind of like regret it just because I don't, I don't have the desire to like spend all day on Instagram, like arguing with people in my messages. Um, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, nothing too, nothing too wild, but it's usually stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And I can imagine, I mean, it's hard enough when you start getting people's opinions, like you're always going to semi take that personally. Um, and I'm sure as you've gotten more of an audience, you kind of, I'm sure, you know, let certain things roll off your shoulders, but You know, to get that feedback has to be hard and you seem to handle it really well as almost like a learning experience. I've seen you post things saying like, let me explain this more or let me, which I love. I think that's why Like that's how, you know, we all should be is let's use this as a learning experience. Um, So I think that's cool. Um, so looking at your, you know, your family life, your career, what does the future look like for you? Do you have, um, you know, goals mapped out? Are you at a space? I know you have a a young child. So are you just kind of like in the moment right now, or do you have, um, like a future career map for yourself? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I don't have a five-year plan and I've actually find it freeing because I think, especially with the nature of what I do, there's, there's no way for me to predict, um, you know, will, I mean obviously like influencer marketing and 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 all of that isn't going anywhere but it's like what will that look like five or ten years from now right I have no idea it could be making me a lot more money than it is now it could be <laughs> it could be something that like I'm no longer able to monetize the way that I am so I kind of feel like I'm just kind of go with the flow I've like always been open to the idea of returning to an office if I if I need to. So that's been kind of freeing. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to really make like a concrete plan um, because there's so many variables and it's not really a job where you can, you know, like, like I would when I was in a more traditional role, like, okay, well I want to be a manager, then a senior manager, then, you know, like, it's not like a linear easy ladder to climb. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I'm riding the wave. I love what I'm doing and, um, hopefully just going to like find new ways to, uh, to have fun with it. And then it's like, if, if the bubble bursts one day, then like (laughs) I do something
0: else. that's such a good way to approach it. And I think like going back to what we were talking about before about just like knowing your skill sets and um, like, you know, you have a set of skills to fall back on and, and utilize no matter what that really looks like. So I think that probably brings you some confidence, which is really, really good to see. You know, I think some people get really nervous, like, well, if I lose this job or I lose this following or what it may be like, what do I do next? And I think, like the fact that you are so confident, um, helps, you know, you, it's, it's building you up even more. So that's awesome. Um, so what advice would you give? Um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that, that follow you or, you know, read your content that aspire to do some of the, the things that you do. What advice would you give, um, to a young woman, um, you know, person of color, you're a young mother, like you have all of these, you know, buckets, like of people that, and I'm sure men too, that follow you, like those people that have eyes on you, like what advice would you give? And it could be career advice. It could be personal advice, anything that you've thought of.
1: Yeah. I think that my biggest tip when people ask me is always to start now with whatever, like your creative idea or side hustle or, you know, anything is I am, I started blogging in 2017 after that layoff that I mentioned and I went back and forth for way too long about whether I should do it, whether it was worth my time, whether the industry was too oversaturated. Um, and I just think, man, if I hadn't gone for it and that layoff is really what pushed me because I was like not doing well mental, mental health wise and I felt like I needed to do something creative. If I hadn't, I'd waited another couple of years then I would be even further behind and alternatively if I'd done it when I first had the idea which was you know probably about a year before I did I'd be even further ahead today so I think that that has always been my thing I think people tend to agonize over um should I shouldn't I um with something like blogging or even like freelance writing it's so like there's such a low barrier to entry um you know you're not having to invest a ton of money so I always say to um to just kind of go for it. Um, this isn't what you asked, but I I feel like I always also say to people, like, you don't have to want to leave your nine to five. I think that there is this idea that's like, you know, you're walking away to like, do your own thing or live your dream. Um, I know plenty of people who love what they do in their like boring desk jobs. Um, I I did air quotes around boring just so (laughs) anyone listening doesn't, I'm not calling you boring, I promise. But, um, I and it's like if we all if we all quit our jobs to to you know build empires who's going to like right. be working at the bank or <laughs> teaching your kids or you know just like <laughs> we have to have people who are in these roles um so yeah I'm like I don't ever want people to feel like okay like how do I walk away from my job because you know it's not as fulfilling as as working for myself would be. Um, I think it's just like different, different things for everyone. Like you don't have to want to be an entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, I feel like when people ask me about what I do and what I'd say, those are usually my, my go-tos and just like, hopefully it's helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's such a great point because like you said, I think people think it's like an all or nothing sometimes like, you know, I'm going to walk away and I'm just going to start my own business. And you know, looking at a lot of, at a lot of people that have done that you've eased into it. Like no one yeah. leaves one day and then the next day they're successful running their own business. So I think that's a really important point that you mentioned. Um, I also love that you said, just get started. So I know that's, I, that hangs me up sometimes. And I know a lot of us were like, well, if it's not perfect, we're not going to do it. Um, and then you just never get started. So, um, Melanie, um, has made the point before about like imperfect actions and small steps. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be perfect, just make the step, whatever it is. And if it's not perfect, you just make it better the next time. And we, we went through that last week, we were like, okay, we really have to start posting reels. Um, and I know we're way late to the game, but for our business, we've been, been trying to like amp up our Instagram. And that was the thing, it was like for a few days, we were just, oh, we're talking about reels and we're researching reels. And finally we're like, oh my gosh, one of us just needs to make a reel this is getting ridiculous yeah. and so we posted it and it wasn't perfect but now we're like okay we've got that confidence we got a bunch of of them that we've created and it's just like once you do something once you're like okay i didn't die like i can do this right <laughs> so yeah. i think that's really important to mention um so i've really enjoyed talking to you i think um i'm hoping that our that our audience gets a lot from this because It's so awesome to talk to somebody that's just so focused. And and like I said, you're you have so many components of your life. Like you're not just career focused, you have a lot going on. So it's awesome to see that that someone can be so successful and also have a you know a balanced full life. Um so is there anything else that you want to share? Do you have any anything coming up that you'd like to share? I know you have your podcast, so we'll definitely promote that and we'll, um, post a link when we post, when we, um, release this podcast, but is there anything else that you want to share?
1: Well, I was going to say, um, I don't, I don't, you know, anything else to promote, but when you were talking about the reels thing, it made me think wow. that, um, Ira Glass from NPR kind of did this segment about how, um, he was specifically talking about writing, but it feels like it applies in, to, um, to anything, like this, that you have this gap that when you decide to start creating, where you have good enough taste to know what's good, but you basically like, don't yet have the talent (laughs) to get there. (laughs) So you're able to like, look at Um, even in my case, when I started the podcast, like listen to really, really good podcasts and be like, yes, this is good. This is what I want to do. But then when you're trying to recreate it, it's just just like not the same. And it's like the only way to do that is to push through it and do it a bunch of times and and get better at it. But yeah, it's easier said than done. And I've had the same struggle with reels and and Instagram. (laughs) So I feel you. But uh, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a delight.
0: Yeah, you are welcome. It was a treat. Um, the last thing, because I just, I remember that, that I thought of this this morning and it was actually something that I saw you post maybe yesterday or maybe this morning again, time just like is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not calling you out, but I saw you post this and I was like, darn it. I really wish that she wouldn't have started this with sorry. And I, I think I related to this because I have been trying, like I'm one of those people and I, I need to stop apologizing for everything, but like if someone runs into me out in public, I'm like, oh, sorry. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I saying sorry? Um, so I saw on your story that you were nominated for best of the day. And you announced it by saying, sorry. And you said like, sorry, I'm promoting myself. And I was like, no, you are amazing. You deserve to promote yourself. And so that was just a little like, and I I only say that because I'm like, why do we do that? Why do we hey,
1: so the thing is I'm I am very much female empowerment. Stop apologizing. I know you are. Stop <laughs> stop coaching your language. But I there is an element. <laughs> of being mortified when you're saying, you know, I, I, can you, can you vote for me for the best in, in the city? I, so, I mean, I, I'm definitely, (laughs) I, I appreciate your, your gentle call out. I'm working on it. I, I still get a little bit, a little bit, uh, embarrassed and nervous when I'm like, promoting myself even though it's my job so it's (laughs) and that is
0: totally fine and I really am not calling you out I almost didn't say anything but I I really think it's important to bring up because it all of us do it and I feel like I've been like really actively and I and I will do it probably every day I'll be like oh sorry and then (laughs) you think about it later like why am I apologizing when you slammed into me um but I saw that and I just like first of all congratulations that is (laughs) thank you Um, and second of all you should not have to apologize because I think your followers would see that and get really excited like I did and I voted and I was like oh she's so awesome but then in the back of my mind I'm like why is she saying sorry no and it was just a little like yeah
1: no it's definitely conditioning that I am I'm doing my best to shake another one that I wrote an article about once is the fact that like Primarily, women say, "Does this make sense?" at the end of a sentence that definitely makes sense. Um, so, even like interviewing people for that and writing an article, I still find myself <laughs> saying something and then being like, "Wait, I don't know if that makes sense." And so, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find little things like that, and I'm like, "No, you know what? Like that did make sense.
0: Who <laughs> was, was coherent?" Good, that's such a good point, and I feel like there are little things that we do. To yeah. like step back or to make sure, and again, I wasn't calling you out. I do it probably. No, I know way more than you do. Like I, I legitimately said sorry when a guy slammed into me last week, and then I'm like, why am I saying sorry? <laughs> like I'm hello? I'm here taking up space. But I did see that, and I, I think it was more of just like a, oh yeah, we still do that. But anyway, um, not to take away from your nomination because that's amazing. But congratulations <laughs> Thank on you, that. I
1: appreciate it. Um.
0: I definitely voted for you, um, hopefully the people that are following, we're gonna, we're, like I said, we're gonna post your podcast. And what is your podcast called? Do you want to share with us? Yeah, it's Asked by Ayana. Perfect. So we'll link that. We will link your social media. If there's anything else that you want us to add when we post it, we will, um, but we will also add those Best of the Bay links um, so that they're easier for people to find and vote for you. Definitely vote for her. She's amazing. And if you're not already following her, definitely give her a follow. Um, I am very excited because before we started this today, I was gonna look at your weekly roundup of tweets and I was like, I'm gonna get through this first and that will be my reward. We'll be going through <laughs> your tweets for the good. An afternoon treat, <laughs> I, little, I love it. Little yeah. afternoon treat for myself. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna go do that. But thank you so much, you are amazing. And again, we are so grateful that you joined us today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Rachel. Awesome.
0: This has been another episode of the Becoming Congruent podcast, a production of In Pursuit Research. Outcomes driven, impact focus. What are you in pursuit of?